And speaking of those games, which game had the best atmosphere? Like, we've had Kenny Shaw on and EJ Manuel on. Both of them always bring up Oklahoma first, but. Oh, Oklahoma, that's the one. I can't believe Kenny remembered that game. Just kidding. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, he, he talked about that hit. <laughs> oh, that hit was. I, oh, my he God. He talked about it. Oh, that hit was crazy. I don't even think they call a penalty on it either. Nah. No. It was like, I think, I can't remember. I think he got like sandwiched. It was so bad. Anyways. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. We're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No Bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. The great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are live, just like Lonnie just said. Live. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> Thursday night. Lonnie, good to see you, man. 2013 Orange Bowl MVP with us this evening. We've been working on this for a little while now, getting you on and got you on here, and uh, happy to have you, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I know we uh, went to that event yesterday and times got, you know, went over time, but I appreciate you having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Most certainly. I know you're probably a little freaked out because you came in and saw us wearing all this colorful, <laughs> all these col- colorful polos. I wish I would have sent out an email, a text, <laughs> um, yeah. a tweet, you know, maybe I got some cool stuff in my closet, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it's all right. We left you out. We left you out. It's all right. It's all right. But uh, yeah, I just want to start off, you know, how, how have you been? What have you been up to along with, you know, you know, you've been at booster events and everything and, you know, you're always a face on Twitter too for one of the, you know, former Knowles that played you know how's everything been and what you've been up to oh man everything's good uh busy with work so uh went to the yeah busy with work but I travel a lot for work man so I'm usually gone Monday through Thursday man so I'm on the road a lot but uh that's good uh ready for the football season uh the players uh, the team was in town last week uh practicing so I got to go out there and watch that uh got to meet coach Novell uh, you know, I was busy this weekend. I went to the Bobby Bounce service this past weekend, but uh, just everything's been good, man. Like, um, truly blessed, and like I said, everything's been going good. I was gonna ask you too, and we talked in the production meeting before we went live, but you know, we we talked about a ton too about you know Bobby Bowden's passing, and it's hit Tallahassee very hard. It's gonna be a very emotional opening, you know, weekend for the oh, Seminoles man. inside Doak. It, it's gonna be a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, it's gonna be hard after that night. But you know, tell us about how that went after you just said you were there, and you know, any thoughts on Coach because I know he played a pivotal role in, in you coming to Florida State. Oh man, it was uh, definitely. You know, you know, you knew it was kind of coming, but it was definitely, you know, to wake up to those news, man, it was definitely uh, 
crazy, man. Just uh, like I said, just he's one of the main reasons why I went to Florida State. Uh, you know, a guy coming to my high school, come to my home, meet my friends, and uh, pretty much shutting up and we down when they found out he was in town. Uh, truly blessing. Uh, I can tell you countless stories about him, but it felt good to be back in Tallahassee. Saw a lot of old players, saw old coaches, um, and it was just like anytime when I go home, it uh, feels like home. And the best part about it is, uh, Best thing he said, uh, he was at peace. So I think that was the best part. You know, he was 91. I don't think you can live a better life than what he did. And the best part when he was like, um, he, you know, he can rest easy. That kind of, you know, I'm pretty sure made everyone feel a little better. And talking about your career at Florida State a little, you came into FSU as a highly touted running back, and then you ended up switching to fullback and I would say left Tallahassee as one of the best fullbacks in program history. So I just wanted to know what went into that position change and how did that all come together? Oh man, that was a, uh, that was a crappy day. That was a terrible day for me, <laughs> but uh, it was, yeah. So I was at practice and uh, you know, I never forget this day. I'm at practice and Dexter Carter's a coach at the time. So he goes in there. He's like, Lonnie, take a rep at fullback. You know, just being young and dumb. is like, yeah, I'll do that. Why not? So I go take a rep. Boom. I come back. He looks at me. He's like, hey, man, won't you take another rep? <laughs> it's like, okay. So I take another one. But uh, he pulls me to the side. He was like, hey, man, I want you to kind of focus on fullback. And when I tell you, man, it was the worst, like, news you could ever got. Man, I remember – Going home, talking to my high school coach, crying, like calling to my coach all night. Then I never forget Jimbo had called and we were on the phone, man. It would, it had to be a good 45 minutes, man, Jimbo. Just talking about the reason why we made the switch. Just, you know, you're young, you're talented. You know, we got a lot of backs. We want to get you on the field. But uh, so, yeah, um, I wouldn't change anything in the world. Uh, best four years of my life. And uh, that's for all the reason I went there. I trusted Jimbo. I trusted Bobby. So I know they wouldn't leave me any wrong directions. But, yeah, it was a tough day for me that day. But, like I said, Oxu kind of worked out for the best for me. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, you know, they're kind of moving forward a little bit in your career at Florida State. But what was it like? And this is something I think a lot of FSU fans have asked you whenever, you know, Jordan Lynch decided to do a little <laughs> talking. He did a little oh, chirping. Man. Uh, before that Orange Bowl game, what was uh, first your reaction to that along with the teams? Because, you know, it was a little fiery. That was a fiery team coming in that game. I can't remember. I remember Jim, but I don't know if it was the day before the game or that week while we were down there because it was in the news. It was in the newspaper. And I remember Jimbo coming in pissed off. He's like, did y'all hear about what Jordan said today or whatever or yesterday? So Jimbo had the newspaper in his hand and he's just reading it like, you know, what? I forgot all of a sudden says like they won't be able to last four quarters with us. They'll be on their knees. I'm just like, bro, what are you doing? Like, I don't even know why you even like. And that was supposed to be like our national shit. Like we are like one of the best defenses in the nation. You often say that, which was, was the defense was pissed. So, and you see what how the outcome of that game was. So, <laughs> yeah. Was, was there any chirping on the field? No, uh, I don't think it was. But I know they was out there hitting. But I just remember I was like, wow, he like, you know, it's cool to be like going to game cocky. You know, motivate your team. You know, you want to kind of have the edge, but like. It's Florida State, my guy. So, anyways, it, it didn't work out too well for him. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
And speaking <laughs> of the game, you went for 130 something yards, two touchdowns, oh. named Orange Bowl MVP. What was it like to end your college career on such a high oh, level? Oh man, I still people ask me about that game. I literally still to this day I can't put that game in words, man. It's uh to go to FSU, you know, to go there, you know, you have your mindset of being the next thousand yard rusher because Ward Dunn was the last one to do it. So you go there with so big dreams and breaking records, you know, just the sacrifices I made uh, just to move to that position. And just, uh, you know, it was just it was just great man, to go out there. Just all the hard work paid off, um, all the the belief that the coaches put into me. So just to go like that in your last game like that, man, it was uh a dream come true. I didn't even go to bed that night. I think I I had I, I, I went to the hotel. Like half the team went out. I didn't even go out. I, I literally just stayed in my hotel room and like I stayed up to like five o'clock. Couldn't go to bed. It was crazy. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Though. Everybody went out. I was like, I'm not going out. I was like, I just literally stayed here. It was crazy. Absolute insanity, so, man. It was all uh, go ahead, Nate. I actually I actually broke that trophy. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, we gotta hear that story. That oh, trophy you gotta... is broken, my guys. I'll show y'all. It's so bad. No, no you gotta explain now. You gotta explain. Oh. So when you live in the life that Lonnie Pry lives, uh, oh. so this trophy, man, has been at so many house parties, pool parties, like has literally been. I can tell you so many stories about this. I literally was going as one of my buddies, uh, Brandon Hammond's birthday. So I'm going up to. He had this big slip and slide at his house. So I go up the slip and slide. At this point, I'm very intoxicated, so I don't really don't remember this. He calls me the next day. He's like, "Bro, do you remember what you did to that guy yesterday?" I'm like, what are you talking about, my man? He was like, yeah, you try to grow up the slide with that trophy. I guess it <laughs> fell out my head. Gave this kid like 10 stitches. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so the last time I had it was my buddy's last show, and I brought it out. He was a, it was his last show, Bear. It was his last show. So we used it as like his tip jar, right? So at this point, like, I lift it up, and the whole bowl came off. It's so bad. I got it. I'll show you all pictures just oh, like him, him living life, man. So I'm probably the only one. That's probably like 80 Orange Bowl MVP trophies. None of them have lived the life that mine's lived. So anyways. That's amazing. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> just a tad intoxicated. That's it. Oh, that's just, just a tad. Not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's so anyway. amazing. That's amazing. But yeah, that game was uh, yeah definitely a uh, – a great game, man. My whole my whole family was there. The uh, the town of Okeechobee, they uh, the high school brought boat uh, brought uh, buses there with a bunch of high school kids. So man, it was a it couldn't have ended any better than that. Man, it was dream come true. Hey, what's up, that? Lonnie? Go. <laughs> well, so, so, uh, I feel like it's a phone call or something. <laughs> uh, so, you know, um, you, know, you know, you and I. Close throughout your recruitment, and one thing we, we go, we go, we go way back, way back, way back. Like yeah. I was, you know, you know, we were the first ones to do that diary stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, I remember that stuff. Oh, so, man, it was a good time. So, uh, you know, one thing you talked about when you were getting recruited and when you committed eventually was, you know, being a part of that change. Um, can you just talk about, you know, that change from Jimbo and, and leaving Florida oh. State in, in, in a in a better place? Yeah, man. It, 
Yeah, man, it was definitely a big change. You know, uh, Bobby was there, but kind of like Jimbo was kind of already over the stuff. Like Bobby was kind of the pretty much the face there. You know, he did lead some things, but Jimbo was kind of the face there. And I kind of knew that. I know Bobby didn't have much more time there, so I know Jimbo was going to be the next guy. But um, yeah, man, it was a big change uh, from. God, he, the changes were from everything, from wearing the GPS monitors to nutrition, hiring a nutrition guy, uh, from the way we practice uh, meetings. Like it was literally a, uh, it was a complete change when Jimbo took over. I never forget when Jimbo, I remember we had that meeting and I remember when Jimbo walked in and I remember one of the first, do you cuss on him? Are y'all allowed to cuss on this? Thing? Yeah. And I remember, uh, I just never forget when Jimbo came in here, uh, when, you know, when he was his first speech and I never first thing right off the bat, he's like, a lot of shit's going to change. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be like it used to be ran. So, it, mm-hmm. and that day, man, it was like, I'm telling you, it was, it was a, a different mindset. And, you know, after that year, it kept building and building. And, you know, that's why they ended up with a national championship. Demo made a lot of changes for the best. So uh, it definitely was a big change. Being a part of that. Uh, did you see it? Going into that last year, did you kind of – that, that, that 2012 team should have competed for a national title. Oh, man, that was uh, – yeah, man, that year was our year. We thought that – well, you know, that year, you know, if you look at that team, man, it, so much talent mm-hmm. on, on both sides of the ball. And, uh, yeah, we even thought that was our championship run, you know, run. You know, we lose on Thursday night to NC State, which I still mm-hmm. – yeah. that game's mm-hmm. blacked out of my ha- in my mind. Like, I can't even – what was the locker room after that game, Lonnie? Oh, man, it was – I remember the bus ride, man. I remember the bus ride back, man. It was just like – like, I've never been – like, high school, college – like, I've never seen, like, the most – it was just – it was crazy, man. It was so quiet. Like, it was like – it was like a zombie town. You know, we were up that game, and then we went up the halftime winning, and we just come back and just lose that game. And – um yeah, it was just yeah that that year was supposed to be our run, you know. What I mean, then we lose at the end of the year, we lose to Florida, but uh, you no, know, still a great season. I think the year is coming up there. You know, built that for them that next year, 2013. That's when they all put it together, man. And I thought, and that whole, I think the class of '09 is one of the best classes that's been through there. And I think we helped build that culture to give them that run and make that 2013 national championship run. So, yeah, I, I don't know if you remember. Or if you ever discussed it, you know, with Dustin being one of your, you know, great friends that you made at Florida State, yeah. um, you know, all they had to do is kick a field goal, you know, let him, you know, kick a fifty yarder, and they win that game. You know, did you ever guys, you guys ever talk about that? How you know Jimbo didn't let him get, you know, at least try a field goal. Was that the NC State game? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah, I, I don't even remember. Like I said, that game is so blacked out out of my mind. It's so crazy. But I don't remember. Yeah, I literally, when I tell you that game, is is just I, – I, I didn't even watch the film on it. was that bad. But, uh, yeah, I can't remember the field goal. I don't know why he didn't let him kick it. Uh, I just mm-hmm. can't recall what happened or what was going on yep. at the time. Mm-hmm. Lonnie, real quick, this is so random, not even on the dock or anything, but it was just <laughs> tweeted tweeted about 30 minutes ago, and this will go into your career at Florida State, too, against rivals. Uh, someone, a reporter there, said that the Florida State war chant is blaring inside the Miami IPF tonight. 
yeah talk talk about your rivalries and also it seems like miami that's their super bowl <laughs> facing florida state every year as uh, we can tell as we can tell it's still going you know i'm playing the war chain right now that doesn't make yeah. any sense to me <laughs> yeah poverty um I, my biggest rival uh to me was florida I, maybe because i like i don't think anyone oh my god like i won't even i'm getting stressed out thinking about it anyways like i literally hate the gators so much like to the point now and i didn't hate them as bad when i played there but after like going to games and just seeing gator fans out like you can ask anyone if i see someone with a gator shirt like i immediately get mad for no apparent reason like they just literally just like pissed me off and just playing against them was a completely different ball game. You know what I mean? It was just like, and I remember when we got there, I lost my, some two and two against the Gators. And I think we beat them in 2010, but I think we lost them like six or seven, like five to six times in a row before we beat them. So winning those two games, but uh, yeah, man, I just, I was cool with Miami. That was always a good rivalry because it's club, but it's just the Florida, man. I just literally, I literally hated the Gators more than anything in this world. Like it was just, God, it's bad. I tried dating a Gator girl and it didn't work out. I was like, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I tried. How long did like, that last? Not long. It's not long because I already knew. I was thinking the end game was like maybe like, like you know, you go to a game and she's like, you know, want you better shirt? Yeah, I can't even. I'm getting stressed out thinking about it. Don't, if you're a, I like Seminole fans that date Gators, like it doesn't make any sense to me. Does not make any yeah. sense? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> take it now. If you're a Gator girl, don't approach oh, or no. contact yeah, Lonnie in the DMs. No. Don't slide in the yeah. DMs. Oh no, it's just God. I guess it's not. not even worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so Lonnie, you spent four years at Florida State, and we talked about <clears throat> that Orange Bowl game a little bit earlier, and you know that was one of the highlights of your career, obviously, but, you know, what were some of your other favorite experiences at FSU, both on and off the field? Oh, man, I can tell you so many stories. Uh, off the field, man, um, a lot of my best – it's crazy. A lot of my best friends came outside of football. Uh, so I met a lot of my best friends outside of football. A lot of them live in Miami. But uh, just the friends that uh, that I have met there, uh, just, you know, being a student athlete going to Florida State is definitely a dream come true. Uh, but on the field, man, oh, man, it's just I – I feel like I had a lot of great ground. My freshman year when I scored three touchdowns against BYU was a great game. Uh, my freshman year when we – the last game, you know, if we didn't win that game, we went up to a bowl game, so that would kill Bobby Bond Street. And that's when we had, and uh, I scored a winning touchdown there. Uh, the first touchdown against the Gators, we beat them 2010. Uh, man, so many, so so many highlights, man. Just playing with Chris Thompson, blocking for Freeman, uh, the offensive lineman, playing with EJ, Dustin. It was just like, like when uh, people say like going to college, your best four years of life, it truly was, man. Just being an athlete, going to my dream school, uh, you know, like I said, best four years of my life. I could, I wouldn't change, change for nothing in the world. And speaking of those games, which game had the best atmosphere? Like we've had Kenny Shaw on and EJ Manuel on. Uh, Both of them always bring up Oklahoma first, but Oh, Oklahoma, that's the one. I can't believe Kenny remembered that game. 
Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> so oh, oh man. man. He, he talked so he bad. talked about that hit. <laughs> oh, that hit was I, oh my he god. He talked about it. Oh, that hit was crazy. I don't even think they call a penalty on it either. Nah. I was like, I don't, yeah. No. It was like I think I can't remember. I think he got like sandwich. It was so bad. Yeah. Anyways. But uh, no, that Oklahoma home game when Clint oh that was I don't that was the loudest game I've ever been into in my life. Like that game was it was insane. Like I remember Clint Trick came in through that ball to was shot. Like dude, that game was insane. And so hopefully we have that energy this uh the first game against Notre Dame, man. Like it's that 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 place should be packed and you know with the, I'm pretty sure they're gonna do something for Bobby, man. Like you know it, it should like. You should have your freaking team should be so high ready for that game, man. So, should, so that place should be insane. How fired up would you be if they had Ann Bound come out there and plant the spear? Oh, you know? dude, that would be tough. Yeah, yeah. that would be so. Or cool. it, even like you know Mickey Andrews, you know someone come out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I think Doug Campbell will be rolling. Oh, man, it be uh, like I, like I think it's going to be. It's the first game, you know. You know, last year was tough, but you know, with everything happening last year, you know, you know, you know, with the COVID, the, you know, not practicing a lot. So I think this year I'm a, I'm pumped for Norville. I just think this year, you know, you're playing Notre Dame on a Sunday. Uh, you know, the loss of Bobby, like this place is gonna be like, oh my fuck, I might, I might go suit up. You know, what I mean, that's how pumped it's gonna be. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. It's on a Sunday. You're the only game on. You know, playing playing yep. Notre Dame like it like that's gonna be crazy. Like it'd be crazy. Like I would never sleep night before. Mm-hmm. It seems so. like Norvell's kind of got that mix. People have been saying since his arrival, kind of a mix of Fisher and Bobby. If that you know that kind of mixture, it does and. You know, I get the fiery side of Norvell and things that we hear about what goes on in the inside, and you get the outside feeling about how Bobby was, and he's allowing a lot of the media to try, you know, allow them to get inside and, and get access, and that's what, you know, Bobby wanted to do for the most part. But, you know, Mike is really focused in on bringing this program back, and he's talked with a lot of uh, former players, too. I mean, I believe, you know, D-Walk, Marcus Walker visited in, in his office recently. I know James Wilder has a really, really good... Um, yeah. relationship with him but you know how was your you know meeting norvell and everything of that oh man it was great so they were here last week um in jacksonville for a practice so uh, i got to meet coach norvell after the practice and also got to uh see him at practice man and it was uh it felt kind of like jimbo you know he had so much energy and i never forget man they um they were practicing uh punt return they were practicing punt so keeping the ball with you know keep it inside the 10 so you know the players not allowed you know if you're trying to you know you're trying to hit the ball inside 10 and the guys on the punt team ran into the end zone which you, you know you can't run into the end zone you remember hit the ball and i remember him was like the snapping going off on players and i was like oh that was kind of jimbo-ish right there so uh <laughs> but that was like i never watched willie i'll just i've never been to one of his practices but i know you know, practicing like that, man, it definitely changes people. But he, you know, so much energy at practice, um, just loud all over the place, just, you know, into the players, coaching players. I remember uh, Jordan Travis had a play, uh, 
did something. I remember him just pulling him to the side, like, you know, trying to talk to him, read this. So it was just like he was coaching, man. It felt good. But I met him afterwards. Great guy, man. He was like, if you ever need anything, you want to come to the game, uh, don't hesitate. Uh, no, great guy, man. I'm so uh, – you can tell he loves Florida State. Uh, he wants to bring this program back to where where it was. And uh, I think he's on the right track. I, you know I mean? I, I, I'm a true believer in, uh, in Noville, and I can truly say that. Mm-hmm. So, well, what about him versus uh, Willie Taggart? <laughs> oh, damn. You're going to put him on the spot. Nate said it. Oh, my God. You like how I got – oh, man. Don't <laughs> oh, you like how I was drinking. If you, you would have caught me on two uh, gin and tonics. <laughs> uh, I, I can't say. I don't know. It's – I never, I, I met him really one time. Different. I met him one time. I never been to his practice, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know it's completely different. I can yeah. tell you that. <laughs> you can, you can watch a football game and see it's a, a, a different a coaching on the sideline. So, I guess I would never say anything that you know, it's definitely different. Uh, so, like I said, I'm very uh, happy for Novell, and hopefully, he can turn his program around. You said you're planning up to come for the Notre Dame game. Any other? Oh yeah, I go a lot. Like last year, I went to four games. I went to the first game last year. I I, I don't miss a lot of games. I, I'm always there. So yeah, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got VIP and recess Saturday. If y'all want to pull up, so. <laughs> oh my! God. I'll bring the polo. I'll bring the oh, polo. Man. Bring the polo. <laughs> the so proud ninety buddy. polo. So my buddy, man, Paolo, he's going, and uh, he's got a whole bunch of friends. He got a buddy from Chicago. It's just going to be a uh, – every time I go to Tallahassee, it's like it's like a freshman all over again. So it's crazy. I didn't drink in college. So I didn't drink in college. I didn't drink, like, two years after college. So I guess, like, the stuff I'm doing now, I should have done that shit in college. I'm doing it all now. I'm all backwards, so – you're making up for it i'm making up big time for it so bad yeah you see me in Tallahassee after 11 i'm probably not in my right mind so (laughs) that's perfect no i think it's gonna be a fantastic time that i mean you said it right it's only sunday you know sunday is the only game man in that place and you didn't get to have everybody in town from last year so it's gonna be a like i said a roller coaster of a day but Man, I hope these kids, the student section, are going to be able to hang for that long, man. Oh, no, they'll, they'll be fine. Like I said, like I went to a few games last year, and like I said, with the cold, it was just, it wasn't the same. You know what I mean? It's just, Tallahassee wasn't the same. So, uh, yeah, man, like I said, man, it's the only game on. Like, it's got to be like, you got to be freaking jacked. So, I'm pumped, man. I can't, I, I, I can't wait. I was there the last time we played Notre Dame at home. So, yeah, I'm pumped. Perfect. So this is probably like the most serious question you're going to get tonight on the show. And it's something. It's something I've noticed that you're you were doing back in college, and you're still doing it now. So I just want to know what's the story behind you ending He's off so- a lot of your social media posts, addressing them to the world. No, Lonnie was so nervous there for a second. You should have seen his face. You worded it where you know what. What was I doing? What kind of stories you got? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was like, "What's you? What's you heard? What's you? What's you get your? Who's your plug?" Oh, that was so. Uh, that was my freshman year. So now I was a big Lil Wayne fan, like the rapper Lil Wayne. 
And I forgot what song it was. He comes on the song. Uh, I just, I can think of it. But anyway, he comes on a song. He's like, um, hello, world. Like he's coughing. He's like, hello, world. So I remember I, I had Facebook and I just put like, hello, world. So that's when at the point where I was just because, you know, what anyone do, like you're just adding all these random people on Facebook thinking it's cool. So I got all this. So I posted it and a lot of people hated it. And a lot of people liked it. So I was like, screw it. So I just kept it. So ever since then, I literally just end everything with world. So it's just actually when I get done texting, it just auto fills it, which is weird. So it just knows it's coming. So. <laughs> It already knows. Yeah, I just stick with it. So, you know, so ever since then, I just, I was a big Wayne fan. I did it and I just stuck with it. So, absolutely. Hey, I I like it. I copied you a few times. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I get bored and I just use the word emoji, like the emoji world. And, like, yeah. Makes, makes life easier sometimes. You help you help Dustin get from two likes to four, so definitely appreciate. <laughs> I try. I'm not big on Twitter like I used to, man. I used to be. I'll never forget. This was uh, what year was that? Maybe the first one sophomore year. Maybe I remember. Remember when Jimbo took away social media? Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. Bert Reed got into it with a fan or something. Blah blah blah. So Jimbo tucked social media away. And I never forget, this is when I was like a crackhead on Twitter. Like, I was tweeting everything. Like, I was like, yeah. you know, walking the class. Like, I was a crackhead on Twitter. And that's what Twitter was for then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I was literally posting everything. And I never forget, like, Jimbo comes in. And he's like, no more tw- no more social media. No more. He's like, no more tweeting and twatting or whatever. And we're all laughing. And he's like, where's Lonnie Pryor? I know him. He's a social butterfly. He's always tweeting and twatting. And I'm sitting there like, why are you, why are you calling me out, my guy? Like, it was so funny, though. But I'll never forget that he like banned Twitter. And I was like, what am I supposed to do now? I got no Twitter now. It's, I'm interested, you know, this NIL stuff going on now. Oh, no, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, you're thinking and thinking about that, and you know, is that something you would have yeah. liked to have or taken advantage of? Um, we had a guy at the booster event, I, I think his name's Chris. I'm sorry, Chris, if I got your name wrong, I think it is Chris, but anyway, he went over some of that stuff. Uh, I think it's cool. Uh, I think it's sweet for some of the kids. I, th- I think it's it's badass. You know, if you can get paid to play football, you know that's great. Or you can get sponsorship, that's great. Only thing I, I think it's going to cra- I think it's going to change recruiting process. Um, I know I forgot how the guy broke it down to me. Like Florida schools, certain by like giving all giving away money. Anyways, it's definitely going to change recruiting. Um, you know, if a school can offer you this amount of money to come there or this amount of sponsor. Uh, to go there and play, you know, I think, you know, you'll go there because you'll get money there. Or also when mm-hmm. it comes to three years, you know, a lot of players, you play three years and leave. But if a kid is a starter, you know, if he's projected to get drafted fourth or fifth round, but is making a couple hundred thousand, you know, whatever it's like, why go, you know, stay another year. So I think it's mm-hmm. it's good and bad in some ways. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to change a lot. Uh, with players going, staying, going to different schools. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I wish I had it when I was there. You know, it would definitely be cool to have a little extra money. So uh, I'm glad they're doing it. So, like I said, I think it's going to change recruiting a lot. I, I, I do think you'll you'll see the schools like Bama, 
you know, yeah. Clemson, Ohio State, you know, the guys that right now consider the lead dogs find the loopholes. And, yeah. and I think you've already seen it with, you know, a guy who hasn't played a lick of a, 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 a of shit in college and Alabama's quarterback, you know, under seven figures. Yeah. And then you look Crazy. at that, you know, the freshman cornerback McKinstry signing out with Kool-Aid. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, yeah. it's going it, to, it's, it's part of the arms race now. I, yeah. I, I agree with that. It's going to change the game big time. And I, heard, and I forgot how the guy Chris broke it down. So, and every state's different as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can be breaking this down. Something about like something about offering money. Alabama can just offer a kid money or some kind of sponsorship, but Florida can't do it. It's like also it breaks down states too. So if you're a kid that needs money immediately, like in Florida's not offering that, you'll definitely go to a different school. So it's it's gonna change a lot. Um but at the end of the day, like if you're a good player, you know, you, you're going to go where you want to go at, at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Yep. It changes the whole game right now. And it's going to be yeah. interesting. And also about focus, how you stay fully focused on to. I know we've heard a few players like Devontae Love Taylor on the offensive line say he's only going to be doing the NIL during the football season or not during, during the off season, uh, yeah. but you know, he's doing a show with another outlet throughout this upcoming season. So it's just really going to depend on, you know, if the money's different though, you know, you yeah. might want to do one thing a week, you know, and you know, yeah. as as it doesn't mess with your schedule and the academics and everything like that. Yeah. I think it's going to, it's definitely a game changer. Uh, I guess as long as you can manage it and yeah. you know, do your job, it's, it's fine. So absolutely. Anybody else have anything else? Uh, I, got, I, I got a question. You know, yep. uh, my, I know you follow the team closely. Do you follow recruiting or no? Only person I know is Travis Hunter. I no, that's, that's, all, that's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so uh, you know, it, it's become a, a running joke, but I've long said that he's, um, you know, one of the best players oh in the last God. five years. You know, the kid is special. You know what? what that, that's what's going to turn it around at FSU. You know, is yeah, getting these kids. So, yeah. So I don't, and I may be a bad fan. I don't follow the recruiting like that. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, follow like you guys, and when y'all post, mm-hmm. you know, I see stuff like that. But like a guy that's going to be like, oh, we got this five star, blah blah blah. I know Travis, and I know he's a dog. But I was telling people like that, man. You got to think of like, you know, I know Florida State. You know, the past few years we haven't been that great. But I tell people all the time, it's like it's still Florida State. Like I know, I know the schedule hasn't, you know, the win lot. We haven't been winning a lot of games, but you gotta think, man, it's still fucking Florida State, and that's what it takes. It takes like one person. It takes one Travis that brings like a group of people. Like if I was a recruit and Travis is going there, I'm like, fuck, I want to go play with this guy. You know what I mean? So it takes like one player, two players, and like bring people back. I'm telling you, man, he's a. Uh, He's a ball player, but like I said, I think it's just you get players like that in. People aren't gonna play with that guy. Like, who wouldn't wanna play with that guy? And that's how it all starts, man. You start winning games, and Florida State's gonna get back to where it was, man. So it's it's players like him that uh, that changes that culture, man. And uh, yeah, man, he's a he, he's a dog, man. We need we need we need dogs, and he's fucking one. So. Yeah, no, he he's nasty. Oh, Needs, he's dirty, my he, he's at the, <laughs> the highlights, and it's with pads, oh. no pads, the competition, yeah, whatever. He's, he's just got so much, like so much energy. Like he's like he knows he's good, 
But uh, like I said, you need that. Yeah, yeah, you just need that. You need that dog, and I think that's him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, ha- having that guy like you just said, he that knows he's a damn good player and yeah, uh, is a leader, and then, but he's gonna go make a play for you. Yeah, uh, to help your team. You know, it's not just it's not just you know just yapping. He's like he's gonna do yeah. it. He's gonna, yeah, he's gonna be a player. So uh, yeah. I'm excited for him, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this year, man. Uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. So yeah, I think, that, I think that's just like the rest of the fan base. They're just ready to get back to normal, get the full pack, doke, rocking, and yeah. try to intimidate uh, and make it not so easy for that quarterback coming in because he, he, he hasn't yeah. seen something like this. Yeah. Uh, riled yeah. up Doe Campbell Stadium. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna it's be fun. It's gonna be fun. Lonnie, I appreciate you, man. A whole over thirty minutes now. Definitely appreciate you hopping hey, on here. I think I think the listeners are gonna love it. I think uh, they're gonna hey, love man, it. Hey man, if y'all ever need a guest, man, or anything, man, if y'all ever yeah. do like something, yeah, always. If I'm free, man, well, I'm usually free. If it's at eight thirty, I'm free. But yeah, man, I'm always, man. If y'all just want to get on, we don't have to talk about football. We can just talk about. Crazy stories. I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're open so. to that. Well, well, next time we'll include alcohol with it, and then we'll get oh, some more yeah. out. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> the next thing about Willie Tiger, then when I'm like three crowned, it, like three gin and tonics. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, hopping on here, and we'll definitely stay in touch throughout the season. Every you stay safe and uh, everything, I man. I appreciate it, man. Thank y'all. Go nose. Absolutely. You, See y'all later. Bye, Lonnie. Well, that was great, man. That was a wonderful interview with Lonnie. We were supposed to have him on last week. You know, he was doing stuff with boosters and, you know, was able to come on here and give some insight of him and his relationship with Norvell and go back to his past and career at Florida State, man. That was, uh, that was nice. It was nice hearing all of that. He's, he's a, he's a funny guy. You know, there's a reason why a lot of the team back in the day loved him. Yeah, man. He, he he's, his personal dude, man. Mm-hmm. You know? He broke the Orange Bowl MVP trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Going on a slide. Said it's been to many parties, house parties. So he brought he that thing every and some guy's forehead. Yeah, and I don't know of anyone that brings their own trophies to parties and such, <laughs> but Lonnie Pryor does that. But you know what? The man earned it, and it's not you don't usually see a fullback winning that award ever, really. So. Do it, man. It, it, game for it also sure. just, just fits who he is, you know, that, you know, it just fits him. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. That's definitely him. Absolutely. Uh, then there goes Nate off the screen. <laughs> we got to give Nate. Well, hopefully by the time we get back uh, from uh, talking about our new sponsor, Proud 90, who are awesome. If nobody has been able to see here. You know, Lonnie was laughing uh, laughing at us and wondering what in the world we were doing. We got on our proud 90 polos right now. Uh, I think Austin's got the dinosaur one down below. And here comes Nate. And then d has got the pineapple party. I do have a pineapple party one in my closet, too, that they sent us. They sent us a lot of gear. And then Nate's got the other polo down below. But, yeah, these are polos. we got two FSU guys uh, that are that are running this this company and it's 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 polos are awesome they're thin light and the stretchy part i love a good dry fit polo but if it can stretch and feel light it, it's a it's perfect so actually if you go in the description down below on youtube you can use our col- code ngd20 you get 20 percent off 
at proud90.com. And real quick, too, some cool news here. They have also, we get to break the news. They're allowing us to break it. They have partnered with McKenzie Milton. As of just this week, he'll be partnering. And so he'll be rocking some Proud 90 along with us. So some really cool projects that they're in the works of doing. And we'll be included in there with them. So proud90.com. Support some fellow Knowles. These polos are awesome. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of cool stuff coming in the works, too. We can't talk about it yet, but a lot of cool other things. uh, Material and along with, uh, you know, just I can't even say anything. I don't want to screw it up. But uh, proud90.com. Thank you uh, for sponsoring the show as always. Gentlemen, let's jump into some football quick hitters because this is where the fun really begins here. Uh, because it's been a it's been a whirlwind of events on social media the last couple of days. Dustin shaking his head. Oops, let me move this around. Dustin shaking his head, but you know it's been a wild one. Uh, you know, if you're crazy, if you don't know what's going on, Mackenzie Milton, there was a, a big old thing that blew up. Uh, about him and his availability on the team. We actually had a bat cave in which we go into our discord and we talk about the latest going on and scoop and started kind of connecting the dots here and there. And got to see, you know, McKenzie Milton wasn't at the practice. He was resting. Um, and you know, media wasn't saying much on it. And you got to see Jordan Travis playing and McKenzie Milton's not out there. So the biggest thing here to take, Take note of McKenzie Milton is not hurt. That's one thing we can kind of squash that whole rumor there. Gentlemen, not hurt. There is something that he's going to have to deal with throughout this upcoming season. I don't know if that will ever make it to where the staff will say something about it. Mike Norvell will say anything. I doubt it. Don't think so. But there's just something that, you know, I think, you know, the staff has found out that Milton is going to have to deal with for this upcoming season. Does that make it where he's available for every game at a hundred percent? Don't know. That's something that I'm questioning, but it was good to see him though out on the field today, playing well, uh, played well, had some kind of some, some nice plays out there. You know, the stuff that we don't mm-hmm. get to see first what we, you know, hear, but Milton came back, looked good and mobile. Jordan Travis wasn't out there. We can go and squash this too. Jordan Travis is fine. Uh, if you're in our Discord, you guys have that information. But Jordan Travis is good. Just ha- kind of a rest day for him, uh, which is much needed. Um, so, yeah, just kind of wanted to <clears throat> squash some stuff there. And it's a it's a, it's a, a quarterback competition, and, you know, it's, it's good. Both quarterbacks have, have had, had pretty interesting camps so far and, and impressing, too. What do you think, Nate, about this? Well, I was waiting to see who's going first, but no, I, thought I mean, you, Dustin would be since he's been all over yeah. me the past forty-eight hours. Now he's silent. Yeah. That's how it usually goes. And now, yeah, ahead, you know, he's all over so, me, and then now, <laughs> yeah, all talk. I mean, I, you know, like I said last night on Mark Rogers when I popped in there for a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, for the, the whole caveat with, with Milton has been his health, and, and you know what he has to battle through with anything going on with what he, what happened to him, you know? So I, I think that's going to be a part of the season. Um, you know, I, I think that still him a, a, as the quarterback makes this a different team. and makes it a different offense. You know, me, me preference wise, you know, I prefer McKenzie Milton. It's not that I have an issue with, you know, Jordan Travers, some people misconstrue my thought that 
FSU is a better team with a different quarterback other than Travis. You know, it's nothing personal. I don't dislike the kid. I just think that while he has had a lot of improvement, I still think that, you know, he, he he's a, a quarterback that, you know, defenses will be able to figure out a little bit more quicker and easier than they can a, a, a McKenzie Milton. So, you know, FSU needs this kid throughout the season. You know, you and I talked a little bit about this yesterday, Mark Rogers, too, about how, you know, the, the, the health is so paramount to this season. And you can't you can't leave camp down a quarterback, or or you can't leave camp um, with, with a lot of questions about a guy who should be, you know, is he your starter or not? So, you know, Florida State's got to hopefully you know persevere through that, and you know, for for, for me, I, I just want to see Florida State do well in the field, uh, whoever the quarterback is. Um, we've all talked about we're going to see multiple guys. That's n- never going to not be the case. I just think that the long-term impacts of this team is better with Milton as, as the permanent guy. So that's just how how I feel. It's good to see him back out there practicing today. So, you know, uh, a lot of people were ready to jump off a ledge. Do you want to take on this comment from Andre so you can kill it off? Nate, you said the man was terrible. So what shouldn't we take from that statement? Uh, Jordan Travis was terrible last year. He was. I, 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 as a runner, he's great. Very dynamic with the ball in his hands. Um, when it comes to be a, being a, an efficient passer, getting the ball down the field, he ain't left a lot on the field. Um, um, I don't think that you can get much worse than what he was last year as a, as a thrower. Um, you know, FSU needs significant improvement from him if they if they want to see um Florida State's offense take the next step. I'm trying to be nice and if if, if you if you want to trigger my my real response, um, you know, I'll put it out there, but I'm trying to be nice and polite and, and understanding that, you know, this kid has worked his tail off to get better. Um, but there's people on the roster who I think are better quarterbacks. He's great as a runner. Perfect. You know, you put him in, in a special package formation and, and, and let him run. It's great. You you have him as your full-time quarterback. You know, let's, do we need to revisit the North Carolina game in the second half how horrible he was? No, we don't. So we won't go there. Yeah, and I would say just going back to the rumors that have kind of circulated throughout this week, you know, it really just feels – like things got overblown. Cause I mean, let's be honest, it all started in that back cave um, with you, Logan, not that you said anything yeah. though. I, I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly <laughs> nah, there. what you said, but regardless, it seemed like this was more of the fan base taking something that wasn't said and just running with it. And then the next thing, you know, I mean, it's everywhere. So I'm sure a lot of media the last couple of days around the Florida State beat have been pretty annoyed with all the McKenzie Milton questions. And I think everyone was a lot happier this morning when they were kind of able to put that to bed. Yeah, no, that, that's the Florida. This we're in true preseason. Like I was saying, 
uh, to Nate on Mark Rogers show, there's always something going on in the preseason. There's always going to be some kind of storyline and some kind of rumor that's going to blow up. And of course it's going to be about the quarterback situation and, you know, McKenzie Melton coming off of a crazy leg injury. We're not seeing my practice, blah, blah. And what we said in the, in the back cave got, you know, overblown times a thousand, but that's, um, we're, we're used to that in the Florida state fan base kind of going over, bored with a few things but it's good to see Milton back out there there's just some things that he'll have to deal with this this upcoming season and I wonder if that's going to play into effect on you know preparing in games and how you're going to go into them depending on uh, on Milton and you know with Jordan Travis too he's been he's had a great camp he has been the the best quarterback out of camp so far and I think going back to you Nate I think there were some games last year where they wouldn't have won if Jordan Travis wasn't out there. Was it with him using his legs a lot of time? Yes. You know, making sure that the ball was going down the field and getting the first downs and maybe making a third and long. But, you know, if there's improvement there throwing the ball, that's a big thing. And that's something that we keep on hearing from the but, staff and, and from the and inside I mean, that that's, that's happening, which is a good sign. Logan, they, they won three games last year. I mean, well, it, it they would have won like- two, one without him. Who would you have thrown out there? You probably Black. take away North Carolina. <laughs> oh God, don't even get me started on Blackman. Well, you were making it sound that it that he's right there on Blackman's level. As a passer, absolutely. You know, there's no difference between them as a passer. But yeah, you know, okay. So Florida State, like I said, on Mark Rogers, I think with with, with Jordan Travis. He brings you a certain dynamic uh, as a runner, and and that's going to create passing lanes. People people are going to have to they're going to have to, you know, I, I can't I can't be mean, man. I, I can't. No, you don't have to be mean. You know, say it in a nicer. Say it in uh, a nice. Uh... Um, <laughs> it, this kid needs to figure out how to not get so shut down so quickly and, and, and that's yeah. what i think hindered the offense last year is um and I th- yeah, yeah you look at offensive line but they played better but you know his, his desire to run and, and not keep his eyes on the field when there's guys running open a lot of times you know hinders the offense and um you know he wasn't the most accurate guy on top of that um inconsistent and uh, I, I think it made it made these coaches' job easier to shut him down and figure out what they got to do to shut him down. Um, and if you don't believe that's the case, just look at North Carolina and, and the tail of two halves. Even look at Notre Dame; they started out well, and, and as the game went on, you know, made it progressively harder and harder. So I, I, I'm just not. I need I need to see it, just like I, with. With a lot of this team, I need to see it on the field before I can believe it. And and both things can be true. Jordan Travis can yeah. not be a great passer and still admit if he's not playing last year, we maybe win one game. Like oh, for both sure. Things be, both things can be true. It, yeah. If you just look at the stats, he's only completing 55% of his passes. He's only throwing the ball 16 times a game. Like He, he just wasn't mm. an accurate quarterback last year. If he improves, great, because his running threat is mm-hmm. immense. And I, mm. I, I think the coaching staff – knew that and they skimmed the offense around the strength of, of the quarterback. But you know, when a guy can't consistently hit a 15 year old 15 yard dig route, 
and you know that's that just kills your offense. So, but I'm thinking more as where you know he was not even an option at all of being a starter last year, thrown into a COVID year, mm-hmm. no spring, whatever kind of fall camp you want to have, whatever that was, gets thrown into there, and for what it's worth. You know, played for a majority of a good amount of the season, not fully healthy too. And then you mm-hmm. now, now you give him a true spring, a fall, another another good amount of months to be able to build chemistry with those wide receivers. And and if, and if that wide receiver room is much more improved too, I think yes. that helps a lot for helps a lot for Jordan Travis. And we've you know hearing that he feels a lot more comfortable in this offense along within the pocket, which that's what you're looking for. And I think I agree with you. I think that's the same way that you're thinking for Jordan Travis. It's the same way with Mackenzie Milton. I want to see how really he can run and be fine in a real game, you know, type, you know, scenario. That's kind of, we both are in the same boat there. I want to see it on the field. You know, I got to see it. Oh, for sure. You know, uh, I'm, I, I I just I, I need to see the improvements just to, you know, feel confident that you know you know Florida State they got they they have to get to six and six and get to a, a bowl game this year that you know they have to. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I'm gonna I'm gonna write out, but whoever it is, this team's got to get to six and six. And however they get there, whoever the quarterback is, they you know they it's gonna be. It's gonna fall on them and them guiding that offense. So, mm-hmm. just to put in here in a note before we move on, <clears throat> from what we've been told, you know, Jordan Travis wasn't at practice today, but uh, nothing to be worried about moving forward. So, it's good to have that Mackenzie Milton playing and should have uh, Jordan Travis back soon. Uh, before we jump into, well, we can keep going in here really quick. Let's jump into a little bit of the scrimmage. We've got some footage here from Florida State, Seminoles.com that we can go over. But, Nate, you know, me and Dustin were on here to talk about it. Uh, both quarterbacks were playing in this scrimmage. They started a little bit, warmed up, it seemed like, inside Doke. Went over to the IPF, but, you know, there's been some highlights of a lot of things, and that's where we got our first taste of Travis J dropping down to corner, which we've talked about plenty of times on this show, played it in Madison County, physical guy at the line. How do you think about, what do you think about that whole situation? Cause it seems like things he's playing pretty well right now down there. Uh, I, I like the move. Um, <clears throat> probably more natural fit with, with him and Dent making the switch. Um, you know, I, I know Dent has increased his body size and you know, he's up to 203 pounds. Um, but if you look at, at Travis J, you know, the big thing guy continues to just work on on his technique. Um, you know, I, I think he relies a lot on just the natural ability to play. And you know, he's still a young kid. He's still he's going into year two uh, on the college level. But I, I, I like the move. You know, he's a guy that I think it can shut down. I think he's a guy that is going to come up in coverage. You know, he, like you said, he's got the physicality to be there in rush support. Um, he, he's just got to continue to just work on his overall game. But I, I, I do like the move, um, putting a guy in a position to, to kind of help shut down that opposing team. So, you know, and, and we, we talked about we talked about how. You don't really know how this is going to unfold because there's a lot of versatility in, in the backfield. You know, this could be just 
this may not be a permanent move. It could be, you know, specific on different teams. You just don't know how the coaches see it all, all coming to, coming to pass. But, you know, it just adds to the versatility of what he can do in the defense. Mm-hmm. Were you going to note on some, Dustin? Look like you're about to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, and, and Jay, he had another solid practice um, from all the reports that have come out today so far. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was good for Florida State, I thought, early last season before getting banged up. So it's just going to be huge to keep mm-hmm. him healthy because, I mean, he's dude, he's got so much talent. I really do think he could eventually develop into a star in that defensive backfield, all the potential in the world. Another star building Absolutely. right now is young, young true freshman Shane Brown. He was the yeah. highlight from the scrimmage and number one name up there. He's been making some plays. Also, some in the most recent practices, having some turnovers. That's someone to keep an eye on. You know, there's always someone that we don't really expect and comes out of fall camp, and we see that he's getting early playing time in the football season. Shyam Brown is someone to keep an eye on. Uh, three star well, I mean, out of his class. Shyam Brown is a football player that comes from a. a a school that produces football players, you know, yeah, he wasn't highly recruited, but he comes from a school that just produces really good football players. So, it, you know, it's, he's going to be a guy that will, will be a multi-year contributor to the team. Um, it's just another great find for, for Norvell and his staff. Yeah. Kid, no. Kid's just a, a ball player. And, you know, this, the Brownleys and the Browns, it's what Florida State needs. You know, they need these ball players. The kid's just a football player. And so far he's way exceeded expectations. So and I, I think you can look at even Hunter Washington a little bit there too. And and Jordan Eubanks, guys that were a little under recruited or not necessarily mm-hmm. getting the spotlight on the recruiting trail, but have come in and, and been better than advertised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we saw it whenever um, Brown committed or was when he enrolled, maybe, you know, there were some fans on Twitter kind of talking about his ranking and saying, like, why, why'd you give this guy a scholarship, basically? And, you know, he took notice of that at the time on mm-hmm. Twitter, and he's just come into Florida State and put in the work. I mean, I don't know if anyone said it, but he actually had two interceptions uh, today during team drills at practice. So he's continuing that hot start. And like you said earlier, Logan, there's always someone that comes out of nowhere and breaks into the rotation. Shaheem Brown might be that guy. Mm-hmm. Another guy that was lining it up in the scrimmage was Jashawn Corbin, your veteran running back back there. And from things that we've heard, seems like he's fully back to be an explosive, which is huge for this running back room. And if he can have that back kind of in his early days at Texas A&M, he's, he's, a, he's a threat there in that running back room because you're starting to have a, you have a stable there of them. But Corbin, you want to have their consistent being that guy on the field, and it's a great sign that he's good to rock. And because, you know, Treshawn Ward, I feel, is like on his heels. Toa Phillies looked nice, too. He's put on a little bit of pounds, too, and able to take some hits, which is a good sign. Still not a – you know, it's not going to be – you're not going to see it on game day and be like, oh, my God, he's huge. But, you know, that that's a stacked room. But Treshawn Corbin, it's got to be a big year for him. Yeah, me and you talked a, talked a little bit about it on Sunday, but – you know, he just didn't really look, in my opinion, comfortable early on last year. And then as things continued to go on and he, he got more experience in the offense, by the end of the year, he, he looked pretty solid out there at running back, continued that into the spring. And I think it's just huge at this point. You know, he's going to be two years removed 
from that injury he suffered at Texas A&M by the time we hit the fall. And I think having having back that not only being fully healthy physically, but also mentally, you know, all the cuts that a running back has to be able to make, they have to be able to, they have to trust their body. And I think, you know, I said it two years removed now, he's probably got that back. And then moving on to another name who had a good day, Jordan Wilson, definitely catching the ball down the field. I think in the first drive in that red zone area, it was a Jordan Travis to Wilson there. And he's had some flashes from time to time from what we've been told from our sources. That's a nice sign there. I know a lot of us, you know, we still project him to be big in that running game. But if you can kind of have a hybrid guy, you know, in some parts of, for packages, that's a, that's a nasty threat to have both Donald McDonald and you've got uh, Wilson out there and, and some of those plays. It's a big boy too. That's a big boy. Yeah, he's huge. And I mean, to come back from that injury and we've talked about it throughout the whole off season, we thought he would have more of a, a blocking focus opposite of Cam McDonald. But, you know, the first week of, of fall practice uh, last week, he caught two or three touchdowns. Then he came into the scrimmage caught a touchdown so I mean he's already caught four or five touchdowns and that's not even counting what he did this week so this is a guy coming into Florida State only has only had two total touchdown uh, receptions during his uh time at UCLA we'll see if now you know coming back off that injury it seems like he's really focused on on stepping up more as a receiver rather than just a blocker and being a dual threat and I think with his experience with Cam McDonald, Florida State, they've got a lot to like at tight end. Yeah, I mean, Achilles is a tough injury to come back for a football player. So it's good, good to see. Mm-hmm. That is. A few more names to note here. Malik McLean, that's been since the spring, and it's going to continue through fall camp. But, guys, I mean, are we all in the agreement here that we think that we wouldn't be shocked to see him start? against Notre Dame at this point, which is freaky to think of. I would never have thought that going into the spring because, yeah, it's a true freshman coming in, but he has been making some plays, man, down the field. He's been making some explosive plays. Um, oops, I had to mute Mike or mute Nate. But coming into you know him in this fall camp, he's been keeps excelling, keeps excelling, along with Burrell. But McLean is just that guy right now, number 11. He is a, he is a stud. He, I mean – it's 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 good to see i like it yeah we saw it during the spring and you know he's continued it into the fall malik mcclain has just been a consistent big big play threat for florida state out wide and you know at this point in time it would not surprise me if he walks out on the field with the starting unit that said you know there's a couple more weeks and there's there's a lot of unproven talent in that room and i think there's some other guys that could step up we'll just have to see how these battles shake out. I think it's nice. You started to get some juice from um, Kentron and you started to get some juice from Dan Williamson, um, which is depth purposes. So that's great to see for FSU. But yeah, I mean, you know, Malik McLean's is another guy that succeeded expectations um, coming in and, you know, he's been consistent and, you know, it hasn't been uh, one practice, two practice, and then you don't hear from him. It's every day he's making plays and he's getting better. So, you know, that's very promising. And that's, that's like you said, Logan, that's been from spring. So that, that's, that's very promising as you head in the fall to have a guy that, while young, is probably going to be dependent on. And, you know, I, I, I do expect him. He may not start on, 
on that season opener, but he's going to play a ton. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a question from Patrick asking any solid notes regarding offensive line and improvement, or are they still getting that work daily from the defensive line? You know, starting off, I mean, the, the offensive line, I think going in to start a fall camp, I think there was the early trying to figure out who fits where best. And then once you put the pads on, I think that defensive line was going to take advantage early on and the running game, you know, we've heard certain things too, where that's improved and say, it's been able to open up holes for Toa affiliates because that's a guy that needs a hole to be able to work his magic. But, you know, I still think this defensive line right now is one of the, maybe the top position groups in camp so far. And, you know, it's good practice for this offensive line, but, you know, I think we'll have to see when the game time comes because we keep on hearing about the defensive line making plays. And there, there's been some definitely some positives that we've heard. But, you know, right now the highlight after the, these last couple of, you know, week and a half has been that D-line. Yeah, I would say mixed reviews at this point. You know, there's, there's been some good, some bad. Like you noted, I think they're still trying to find that best five combination uh, for Notre Dame. But the thing that's really disappointed me in, in watching some of these practice videos is a lot of the centers are having trouble with their snaps for whatever reason, whether they're going too high or, or too low. And, you know, Logan, whenever we were out there in the spring, we saw the same uh, types of issues with two or three different players. So it's just kind of disappointing to me. You know, they're still having that problem, you know, this deep um, after spring and, and in, into the first two weeks of camp. So hopefully that's something that gets cleaned up because – it's going to be annoying if there's a bad snap, you know, during a game and you lose a fumble off a stupid play like that. And to know, to know Marie Smith. Yeah. Marie Smith has been a little dinged up from what I've been told, a little dinged up. Mm -hmm. So Bavion has been taken about 50, 50 from what I've told with Marie Smith right now. And it it just throws off the whole timing of the, of the whole play. So Mm -hmm. I I, I was going to mention that Dustin. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a good point. Great minds think alike. Bad snap, Nate. You're going to want to have someone that can throw. I mean, not throw, run. My bad. Or you don't want someone to get rid of the ball quickly, make a decision, get rid of the ball. Not sit there and pick it up from their knees. Yep. It's not going to be easy down there reaching with the knee. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's a good question there on the offensive line and, and and seeing how that progress is being made. And I think, like Dustin said, just trying to still figure out who the who that five is. But I think by the end of the week, you're, you're going to be settled on, on who's who's where. And I think that's kind of been made maybe for a little bit. But, but and yeah, I figure Taylor's been out too. Really, you know that you know the he's finally kind of getting back into the rotation more. So you know you haven't had your expected five out there yet, so you're not able to get that that gelling going on yeah. so and w- 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 with your your start starting center who we all think is going to be Namri Smith him yeah. being out um you know it just messes everything up so got to get healthy before the before the fifth definitely is there anything you want to know Dustin from the scrimmage before we move on I mean there's a lot of things the rest of the info and inside scoop is on our patreon at patreon.com slash game day but trying to think if there's anything else that you would be interested in there you think worth noting that Cushney wasn't at the wasn't at the scrimmage <clears throat> did you mention the starting offensive line in the scrimmage like who, who I haven't mentioned him yet I have not mentioned him nope 
Yeah, I mean, we can go through that since we're still on offensive line, but FSU's starting group in uh, the first scrimmage, left tackle, Robert Scott, left guard, Dylan Gibbons, center, Marie Smith, right guard, Devontae Love-Taylor, and right tackle, Darius Washington. So, Nate, me and you are both wrong right now. How's that feel? Y'all suck. You're, you're muted, bro. Oh, no. There you go. Well, I mean, I was right on left tackle. <laughs> I was right you get a cookie. On, Good job. You know. um, no comment. No I, comment. I, 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 I don't feel comfortable uh, running into game one with Washington as right tackle. I think that's uh, kind of worrisome for yes. For you, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Is this where you play nice and just don't say anything? <laughs> just like I Lonnie. Know, said I don't know earlier. which to go to say off of that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't even want to know. I don't even know where he was going to go with that. I, I, I still think it's a it's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just it's, it's still a work in progress. Like it's Absolutely. been for eight years, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, not wrong there either. But <laughs> they finally have a great coach, so not that you know, Trickett wasn't a great coach's early career at Florida State, but they got the coaching. But they got to figure out. How it all unfolds. You good mm-hmm. over there? Yeah. You know, it, it, is it is it Gibbon staying at, at left guard? Is it you know? Do you put Scott at back at right tackle and put Taylor at left tackle? You know, it's it's what they got to figure out in, in the next what fifteen days, sixteen mm-hmm. days. So yeah, got to figure it out. Uh, let's mention on here, moving on from the scrimmage, there's been some talk and chatter definitely after the ACC announced uh, some COVID-19, uh, some game rescheduling policy that they released. Uh, this is going to start getting interesting, I think, heading into football season. Some teams are above the 85%, some teams well below it. There's been some concern that Florida State is pretty low right now. Uh, I'm going to share on here on the screen a tweet with a couple new updates on this whole situation that is brewing. But just going to the ACC part of things, this is an ACC COVID game pause policy. If a team can't play due to COVID, it's a forfeit, and a win-loss will be put in the standings. If both teams can't play due to COVID, both will get an L in the standings. <laughs> In the ACC, if a team has a vaccination rate below 85%, unvaccinated players must be tested at least three times per week. If the vax rate is above 85%, unvaccinated players must be tested at least one times per week. If above 85% with no cases, masking and spacing can be relaxed. So is this fair? Is it not fair? What do you guys think on this? With now, if you don't have the vaxes, you're getting L's. Seems uh, like t- take the politics out of everything. Yeah. Just just look at it as someone is, you know, coming through the end game of it. Um, get the get the get the damn vaccine. Be socially responsible. Um, it's proven to work. 
you know, let, let's just get through this. That's how I feel. And I think it makes sense to, if yeah. the game is canceled just yeah. due to COVID, yeah. It, hold hold, it, hold it, them accountable. No need to reschedule it. Because it. It, it sucked last year, not only yeah. for fans, mm-hmm. but for players with games being postponed. You have to yeah. make it up. It's like, I mean, you go to the Clemson fiasco last year where Clemson's in yeah. town. Now there's a blame game, so on and so forth. Just get the vaccine. Uh, it's not bad. It really isn't. Who cares about the FDA stuff? Who cares about politics? Whatever. Um, there's science behind it. They wouldn't put it out there if there wasn't science behind it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it makes sense. A lot of people are going to be unhappy unhappy about it, especially in the state of Florida. But it's the smart move, in my opinion. And, you know, I mean, there was plenty of leeway given on things last year with games being rescheduled and teams even, you know, a, one team tested positive, so they rescheduled it with a different team. I think now just having it uniform, you know, if you if you mess up the COVID rules, then you're going to forfeit the football game. I mean, you know, make it make it cost something. And I think it should. I, th- I think the percentages thing is kind of weird where, you know, you go from testing once a week to three times. I mean, a week yeah, that doesn't make sense. That, that doesn't make me. sense. But the in theory, <laughs> in theory, it's a good idea. The, the theory is to enforce the vaccine is what it is. Just, just get, just get vaccinated and not have to worry about it. it is what they're really pushing for. Yeah. Um, is why I think they did that. But you know, I mean, you, you look at it like these guys have so much stuff going on. You know, with with their school schedule, football. You know, wh- why not just eliminate that extra, extra possible distraction? which is COVID and having to go back to masking and socially distancing and you can't go out and all this crap, just, just get the vaccine, be done with it. And, and just focus on, on what you got to focus on as a player. And that's, you know, being a great student athlete. Yeah. And I was told all walk or all walk-ons have been fully vaxxed. So that's a good sign for FSU. Just there's some concern uh, for the core part of the team. So we'll, we'll see how that develops and everything. I want to give a shout out here real quick to Jeff Hill. Didn't leave a message, but appreciate the kind donation from him. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Big time with the 10 bomb. I mean, I mean, they had, they had Myron roll there. Well, that's something I was going to mention is that they have had a lot of guests lately. And that's what is that's there's a reason why they've had a lot of speaks speakers Mm -hmm. and mine role was one of them. And, you know, talking about the vaccination and and, and trying to get that percentage up. Yeah. Yeah. He's also given education, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that's what I think, you know, these kids need and want. They want to be educated on it. They want to make a, a, a right decision. But at the same time, man, just fucking do it, man. Yeah, and I mean, it's a personal choice, but, you know, some other college football teams have shown that it can be done. I mean, you look at Alabama, I think they they reported either 99% of the team is it was vaccinated or it was one total player isn't fully vaccinated. So either way, it can be done with the right approach, the right messages, and I think Florida State has done a good job of trying to educate the players and you know, we'll see if they take to it or not. Let's move on from this because this is always just, yeah. just a conversation that you can't really have on Twitter nor Discord near nor YouTube. So let's just get Keep back to football. This will that will be probably maybe the only time we'll talk about vaccination stuff on uh, this show again, honestly. But 
Let's move into the last little bit here. D. Lou, some updates here on some high school football coming along because it's about to get started. And now, you know, there's some big time players that Florida State has committed that are going to be playing very soon, including, you know, tomorrow, really. Yeah, like you said, <clears throat> high school football really is starting to ramp back up starting this week. You've got a lot of guys who are either playing their jamboree this week or starting week one of their seasons. And I put a list of all of the FSU guys um, who are playing today, tomorrow, and Saturday in our Discord earlier. And I actually got a message back a little bit ago. So 2023 defensive end, Lamont Green Jr., FSU commit. He actually had his season debut earlier this afternoon. Um, Lamont Green Sr. is going to send me over the film, but he said uh, Boots Jr. had 11 tackles today, six tackles for loss, eight quarterback pressures, and a sack in their 37-10 to 10 win over Miami Killian. So it sounds like they got off to a good start of their season. Um, trying to think. Omar Graham also played – He. He's playing tonight, so I'll have to check in with him to see how things went. Tomorrow is going to be the big one. You've got IMG Academy at American Heritage, so you're going to get to see guys like A.J. Duffy, Alou Baugh, Jaleel Skinner take on an American Heritage team with um, Earl Little Jr., Marvin Jones Jr., Brandon Ennis, Santana Fleming. So that should be very exciting tomorrow night. That's going to be a great damn game. You know, I mean, so that, much that talent. That that is like elite versus elite, and, and you know I I'm anxious to see uh, Duffy. Yep. You know, you know that's who I'm really eager to see. Um, you know, and you know if ESPN is smart, they'll make sure that they show uh, Travis Hunter every week, yeah. just so I can watch him. <laughs> yeah, just for you. Yeah. Just for logging. Yeah. I'm sure he'll he'll be his games will be online. Travis yeah, Hunter yeah. will debut his season. Colin Hill's Colin Hill takes on Brookwood on Saturday at 8:45 p.m. So that'll be the first chance to see the five star in action during his senior season. Mm, okay, yeah. Now there's been a lot of talk, like Lonnie said. Travis Hunter is extremely special, so I can't wait. There's going to be a lot of FSU fans that have just kind of learned about him in the last six months, definitely since this offseason with all the highlights going on on social media. They're going to be tuned in a lot uh, to watch him. And I think that's, I think it's pretty cool, too, uh, to see this kind of high school football like starting to become like national where you're getting you could be able to watch it online and everything and you know it adds on to more football for me. That's all I care about. Give me football on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday when the NFL comes, and then I get on Monday. That's five. Just just load me up, load me up, please. I'm and and uh, to go back to the Heritage game, so that's one team that can legit in the high school level hang with IMG. So mm-hmm. I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if that's not a very competitive game. Mm-hmm. A lot of FSU fans saying that they'll also be in attendance for that. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some other guys, Daughtry Richardson and Miami Central. They're going to be taking on John Bosco, who you know has been mm-hmm. a renowned high school program. I know next week, um, Jalen Early and Jarrell Powers, Duncanville, they play Matter Day, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. So oh, okay. some of these FSU commits are going to be playing some big-time talent, and I think people are going to want to tune in. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
to finish this off real quick too let's note on jaleel skinner most recently he released his top five and florida state makes the cut we've talked about him a lot since this offseason him visiting florida state speaking of travis hunter those guys were hand in hand and visiting once the recruiting doors were opened after the COVID 19 lockdown by the ncaa but here he is jaleel skinner has his top five included our Alab- is alabama Texas, Florida State, Miami, and Clemson—some big-time uh, schools there to go against. Who do you who do you guys think is the the biggest competition here for FSU? He already released this. We're talking about his commitment date, bro. I don't know what you're doing. Oh, oopsies! Well, <laughs> commitment date, and you get a Just top to call five. You out. <laughs> Doesn't that say oh. July on it? Yeah, it says July 13. Just don't look at it. <laughs> But, you know, now that he has a commitment date, I'll get his twi- tweet up. I can't find it now. It's gone. It's disappeared. His decision date is on yeah. October 9th. It's in the doc. October 9th. There we go. October 9th. But those are the top five here. Pretty picture. Nice. Pretty, pretty decent edit. Don't laugh at me, all right? <laughs> I thought this was the tweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we'll have to see on this one. Obviously, Jaleel Skinner, he uh, visited Florida State. Earlier this summer, got a chance to meet the coaching staff in person. This is a guy who grew up with Florida State as his dream school. And, you know, last couple weeks, the big news came out that he was going to be transferring to IMG Academy to play his senior season along with Florida State's quarterback commit, A.J. Duffy. So to me, at this point, all the signs are pointing towards FSU. But I do think he probably set that decision date for October just because he wants to see how FSU's first couple of games go how the team performs, how the coaches are taking charge of things. So it's going to be important for FSU to get off to a good start. Pretty much what I said last night on Mark Rogers, I think that nothing has been put out there, said or done, that's going to lead me to think that he doesn't end up in Florida State's class. Um, you know, but Florida State's got to do what they got to do on the field. But I, I I agree with everything you said. Yeah, it seems like Florida State's in a really good spot right now. Mm-hmm. Really, really good spot. That's a that's a talented guy, and you know a lot of diff- a lot of the schools are looking at him differently and what position he'll be playing. But it seems like it's kind of a hybrid one that Florida State's looking at Adam as right now. And that's so. the unique pitch for Florida State because teams like Texas and. Miami are both recruiting him as a tight end where Florida State is pitching for him to play wide receiver. I think that's another part of his recruitment that kind of plays into FSU's favor. It seems like he wants to play wide receiver rather than tight end. Mm -hmm. Jaleel Skinner, we'll keep an eye. Go ahead. um, There's going to be a lot of upset Miami fans that are, you know, you know, smacking their chest and all being braggadocious about his Twitter avatar. I think there's going to be a lot of upset Hurricane fans come mid-October. Do we remember what happened with Daughtry Richardson? Yeah, I mean. Miami Twitter profile picture going into the announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big Dog thinks uh, he compares him a little bit to Michael Thomas. That comparison there. Nah. What do you feel it would be? What do you feel like your uh what would it be? Javille Skinner? Yeah, for Skinner. Um 
Like, like, like professional-wise right now? Yep. Um, Darren Waller for the uh, for the Raiders. Titans? The guy, Are the Raiders not, now? Yeah, the, Ra- the, the Raiders. The Raiders uh, tight end. You know, a guy that's like a little a bit of a tweener. Yeah, a little bit of a tweener hybrid guy. Um, it, it, it's just absolutely deadly in the passing game. Um, you know, which is how I see him. You know, using those wide receiver traits. So, you know, I think Michael Thomas is, is just more of a legitimate wide receiver. Where I think that Skinner isn't necessarily um, going to be a full time wide out for for Florida State if he were to come. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to be just a mismatch guy. Yeah. Before we move on to basketball latest with VZ down below, I want to introduce two and shout out our new sponsor also on the show. It's just kind of been the show like this, but uh, we're very excited about this one. Manscaped we worked with a little bit before, but we were a little bit smaller then. But now that we got kind of more of a following, Manscaped hooked it up with uh, the lawnmower 4.0 as you can see <laughs> what's so funny about that what's if i got the box right here trims perfectly gentlemen i will say trims very nicely as you can see down below we have a code you can use Knowles 20 and you get 20 percent off plus we are giving you the option to use it for free shipping too but the biggest thing i think gentlemen it's rechargeable has wireless charging wireless charging what, what what's going on here technology is advancing this far nate whenever you were you know younger back in your days did you ever think about having a you know a wireless charging pad for your uh ball trimmer uh no we, we just always use our our beard trimmer you know is that did you, you know, have we, to use scissors back then uh, you, you should still use scissors you know if you get that up close and personal <laughs> Well, this yeah. is this is this is you'll definitely won't have to use scissors for this. It's also waterproof, so if you're in the water and you're for some reason near a lake and you need to trim, I don't know, but I, I've never done that uh, while I'm taking a shower. But also has an LED light on it. I think that's the best feature there. So if you're ever in the dark, you're you're just desperate and you need an extra light there. It has uh, an LED spotlight for you to aim and, and make sure you're not nicking yourself well, anywhere. I, 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 I think the. Uh versatility of the waterproof is important because it's it sucks when you got to sit there and if you you know are trying to do it above the toilet and just try to clean it up you, you may miss the spots but if you can get the shower and we can go all get in one spot at one time you know it's it's easier to clean up yep uh the lawnmower 4.0 has a new wireless charging system it uses electromagnetic induction which can help battery length last longer uh, Manscaped says, take your time, fellas. And, you know, it doesn't need to be rushed or anything, but it's, it's nice, man. The packaging on this is fantastic. And they also sent mm-hmm. us some shirts. I saw you wearing one last night, Nate. Got a beautiful, nice shirt here. And we also got some briefs. So shout out to Manscaped. If you guys use that code, definitely appreciate it if you did use the code. 20% off and free shipping. No better deal right now at all. So definitely go check them out. Uh, let's move into some basketball. Austin to finish off the pod. VZ, man, it just continues to be the streak for uh, Florida State not landing commitments. Hashtag Fireham is in full effect starting tonight. It's not, still um, not in effect. But, still uh, not in effect. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Give us the latest, baby. 
we kind of talked on or touched on it last week uh, with the Trent Donaldson stuff about how it was leaning Auburn, seemed like it was going to be going to Auburn. Then the last like 48, 72 hours, it's just been completely flip flopping. You'll hear Florida State, you'll hear Auburn. You know, I put it in our Discord. I'd asked up to 12 different people, and it was 50 50. Some said Florida State, some said Auburn. It was a wild recruitment. Dustin ended up putting a prediction for Auburn late last night, and that's ended up what happened today. And it came a week ago. Well, okay. You re- Someone else. You that was Mikey. It. That was Mikey that put it in, not me. Maybe. I don't know. Someone reaffirmed it that either late last night or this morning. And yeah, ends up going to ends up going to Auburn. I don't think it's that big of a surprise. No. Um, Flor- Florida State just, especially basketball wise, just joined the recruitment too late. You know, like I said last week, they've never been the school that can come in a month before he commits with an offer saying, "Oh, hey, here you go. You want to come to Florida State?" That's just not how they've been. Um, I know they've known him for a long time, but he just got the offer a month and a half ago. Like, it's tough for them to do that. Yeah, I said it before, you know, Florida State um, football, they didn't join his recruitment until last November, and that was well after a bunch of other suitors, including that top three today of Auburn and Florida had already offered him and been recruiting him. And then, like you said, Austin, basketball finally comes in last month with an offer. And, you know, um, growing up, Trey, it was always his dream to go to Florida State and play there as a dual-sport athlete. And this recruitment, I mean, it just came down – to being too late. And that's why I think, you know, things changed. Auburn just showed that they had been recruiting him for the outset and Florida State was kind of playing him as the second fiddle. And I think, you know, Trey just went with the school that was making him more of a priority. Um, so, yeah. But hey, good for him. He played at my my high school, Florida High. Now gets to play with Amari Harvey um, at Auburn. So congrats to him. And Bruce Pearl loved him. Uh, Bruce Pearl absolutely loved him at Auburn. Um, so much to the point where they told five-star point guard Zion Cruz to hold off his commitment, which is crazy. So, he could, so they could get Trey Donaldson. Like this is a guy that they really, really love. Um, if he wants to play two sports, he's a phenomenal athlete. But it seems like he's going to mainly want to play basketball. I think he's going to kill it over there. Mm-hmm. Y'all know who his high school basketball coach is? Charlie Ward. Charlie. Charlie Ward. Here, the spear alum. Yeah, had a great speech about Bobby Bowden, too, during the uh, funeral service. Great guy. Anything more from basketball? Anything significant? Maybe some summer league? Yeah, let's say summer league just wrapped up. Um, really much hasn't changed since the last we talked about summer league. A lot of the guys, um, you know, they only played a couple games, and then a lot of teams are like, okay, you're too good for this. Let's shut you down. Um, I know Trent had a f- huge dunk over – Daniel Orturu from the Clippers, and then coincidentally, about an hour and a half later, Orturu got traded to Memphis. Um, ah. That was pretty funny. Um, funny. But Trent was phenomenal all summer league, um, averaging, what was it? It was 15 points, six boards, and six assists. Just doing typical Trent stuff. Pat, 21 points per game. Scotty Barnes, as a rookie, going out and averaging 15 points, seven boards, and three assists. He, he had a great showing. Um, really a lot of guys did really well. Um, I would have loved to see Balsha play. They're still figuring out some stuff with the trade on draft night, so he wasn't able to play. No, he played um, a little bit. He didn't, yeah, but like... It was like five like five minutes. Yeah, and it was the last game. It didn't like, make any sense to me. Yeah, I would have loved to see the progress he's made. 
because I think he had a phenomenal draft process to be able to get drafted. He's improved himself a lot. Um, same nothing. thing with Raekwon Gray and MJ Walker. I mean, they just didn't really get a ton of time. Walker actually got more playing time than I figured he was going to get. Um, he averaged like 16, 17 minutes a game, but he only scored like four points a game. He only um, played in the last three games, though. I think he missed yeah, the first three. Made his shots, though. You know, I think he had shot 80% from three, went four for five. So I mean, yeah. he, he he did fine. It's just we would love to see more from Balsha. Would have. I, I, I got two questions, you know. I, I got two questions. So first one is, what do y'all make a, a Malik Beasley walking out of jail like it's a photo shoot? He fresh. That was a nice suit. That was a really nice suit. It was the, the, like that was if there was ever an album cover, like that's his album cover. He's in a suit with his trash bag walking out of prison. That was funny. That was I thought funny. I thought it was pretty funny, honestly. Like, I, I I didn't even realize he was going to jail. Yeah, it was it stemmed from that incident last summer that we kind of didn't really want to talk about because why would we? Uh, yeah. um, and it came from that whole baby mama situation and things like that. Um, and, uh, and you guys being, being younger, um, you know, does it? Are you afraid for your generation when you have a guy like Kate Cunningham just pretty much disregarding the greatest of all time when I, it comes I to Michael Jordan? I got I mean, what he was I mean, saying. How, how, when you look at guys who are high draft picks and they're supposed to be all about basketball, but they disregard they disregard the goat. So as a younger guys that who are who like basketball, you know, you know, Logan not as much as you as the other guys, um, but you know, does it really concern you about the future of the sport when they just I mean, disregard how great Michael Jordan is? It's it's always going to be who did I watch, and this generation's growing up with having seen LeBron. They didn't get to watch Jordan. Like your generation grew up watching Jordan. They idolized Jordan. I'm, but I, I, but I also watched LeBron. Yeah, I know. I watch, but I watch Magic. I I have eyes and a brain that result in me forming the not, correct opinion that Jordan's the best. With, I'm not saying I agree with them. I just see where they're coming from. And I like there's an argument. It's not much of an argument, but there's an argument. Jordan's definitely the best. But LeBron's arguably the best talent. I don't know if that makes sense. Jordan, yeah, just, had a, Jordan just had a competitive edge that LeBron LeBron's probably had. the most physically gifted overall, like in what he can do. Yeah. But I think if you put Jordan in today's game, he's going to score 50, 60 points a game, and oh, it's going to be easy. I agree. It's, and you put him in today's game, he's going to learn how to develop a three point shot as well. You know, yep. he, and, and, and you can forget about that. He only shot two threes a game on average. And this was back when, you know, in the mid-90s, they moved the three-point line in a little bit. It's yep. just—it's never something he concerned himself with. You put nope. him – if you raise him in today's game, he's working on how to shoot threes. And mm -hmm. he absolutely would have been a 35 37% three-point shooter. I have no doubt. Because he was good enough from the free throw line. I, it it know, doesn't but... concern me. It's, it's always going to be who did I grow up watching. Like a lot of – like, so, like there, there's a little bit of a brief period where a lot of people take that think serious. Kobe's the best. I can't even take that kid serious now, you know? As a basketball player, I can't even take him serious, man. He's 18 years old. He's a kid. Give him some time. He'll learn. Just got to get him to watch man. The Last Dance. Get him a uh, Netflix I, subscription. I know. <laughs> yeah, educate yourself, my man. Like, Jordan's the best. 
No, not but that you're biased or anything as a Chicago fan, but mm. I agree. No, I, I, he's the best. Even I if I, even if I was a sorry ass Golden State Warriors fan, what I would, Excuse I would say me? that Jordan's the best. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! Where's the mute button? Any? I don't know who this is. Right maybe I should. Malik Renew. Renew. No, he's a top, borderline top fifty kid for this twenty twenty two class. At one point, he was kind of like Plan B for Florida State's staff. Um, now they're really making him a priority. Now that Drake Whitehead moved on. Um, and it's okay. Some other targets are also kind of leaning away, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk about in the Discord before we talk about it here. Um, but let's not make him a priority. The versatile guy mainly plays the four, can slide up the three if you need it, can slide down to five in a smaller game. Talented kid. Yeah. It's another lawn athlete that Florida State's really not making a priority. I think if they want him, he's theirs. And to mention really quick, too, uh, Florida State Hall of Fame. Yeah, I was going to say that. Congratulations that, to Leonard Hamilton being inducted. And, and Tony Douglas. Shout out Tony Douglas, yep. one of my favorite players in that era. You know, was, first was Al Thornton. Like, Al Thornton was that guy. When I first started getting into basketball, then in comes Tony Douglas, transfers from Auburn, and is immediately our best player. Such a talented guy. And I'm, I'm glad to see him get the recognition he deserves. I think Al Thornton got in, was it last year or two years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, talented guy. Yeah. Always repped the program the way it should. And spent 10 years in the league. What, what more can you ask? Yeah, exactly. Most certainly. And um, Graham Gano, congratulations on him. We didn't talk about it earlier, but Graham Gano also being inducted. If anybody has anything else they want to talk about, that's pr- practically it. We can wrap things up here on this wonderful Thursday night. I think we were, we were, that Lonnie Pryor interview was great. Qu- quarterback talk, fall camp, scrimmage, basketball chat, all, all over the place tonight. So uh, definitely. What'd you say? Recruiting. And recruiting too for you there. Yeah, I know. Recruiting, <laughs> yes. We, we we always care about recruiting, but uh, as always, definitely appreciate hey, everybody we're, listening. We're not going to shout out Hobbit? Well, that, that one, well, we do can mention that. They're going to start with us next week, but we can go and announce we're really happy and excited for a partnership with The Hobbit here in town. Here in town, I go there all the time to get my wings on Thursday and Sunday nights. Definitely, it's perfect for NFL nights to go watch my Steelers. I'll usually go pick up some wings beforehand, but uh, I love them. Fantastic place. They have a location on Capitol Circle along with near the stadium uh, on Pensacola Street. So we'll be working a lot with them. We've got some cool ideas in mind and, and events and certain things of that magnitude, a lot of cool things in mind, but they'll also be sponsoring the show. So you'll hear them a little bit throughout the months uh, ahead on the show, but we're really excited yeah. about them. And we think it's a perfect partnership. They got bonus, right? Yeah, we're gonna have to have a chat with chat with you about it. They do they do have bonus, so Fire. chicken nuggets, I should say. They are chicken nuggets. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out for you. But uh yeah, we'll be talking a little bit a little bit more about that. We're excited about announcing those new sponsors onto the show. But uh yeah. Bone in wings are the best. We'll go ahead and end it off the show with that. Thank you to all of our sponsors. If you're on YouTube, you can look in the description below and take advantage of those coupon codes. We appreciate guys, the ton of support we've had. We had like over 130 people watching tonight. So uh, that's the most we've had, uh, I think ever. So appreciate everybody. If you're on YouTube right now, definitely appreciate that like button, hit that subscribe button. We're getting close. Gentlemen, we're getting close. It feels so good. We've got rumors flying everywhere. We are literally 
just a few weeks away from kickoff. We'll soon be moving the show over to Wednesday nights too. So everybody keep in mind with that, most likely starting maybe next week. So note that down. We will be talking Notre, a lot more Notre Dame in the next two weeks. So get prepared for that too. All right, everybody, have a great rest of y'all's week. And we will talk to you guys next week on Hear the Spear. Peace.